going on, Just Goes to Show listeners? This is co-host Ridge, back for another episode. Welcome back. Welcome to March, folks. Uh, it's just over here on the other mic, as always. Great to be back, Jack. Great to um, be back. Catching up on a lot. Two game weeks since our last epi, and uh, pretty excited to dive in. Yeah, to keep you guys with a little agenda, because there were a lot of games uh, between now and the last time we recorded, we're going to talk a little bit about our most impressed teams and individual performances as well from uh, the sequence of, of game weeks. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the title breakdown, kind of where the race is at, what fixtures are looking like for the rest of the season. It's getting thick. It's getting tight. It, you know, the season's wrapping up here pretty soon. Talk a little bit about the FA, the Footballing Association, a little bit of uh, some of the fan uh, – the bands and fines that they send out, not fans. Um, and then, as always, we'll hit you with trivia and the predictor app towards the end. Uh, Chris, I hear you want a little bit of cash this week. We'll get into it later. We'll get into it. Uh, rich guy. You could rich say guy. that my pockets are pretty fat right now. <laughs> um, so to start off with the double game week, Chris and I, uh, on the weekend, we went to a bar here in Chicago, AJ Hudson's, caught some of that game action live, which is always a good time, you know, especially when you find like a good football bar. AJ's is the one we tend to go to a lot. So if you're in Chicago and you want to go out for a pint, shoot us a message. Call it a pub. Call it, yeah, a little pub. Um, and so we went there on Saturday. Obviously, the games were before that. So, Chris, hit us with the team you were most impressed by over the, the back-to-back games. Yeah, so I had a few teams in mind when I was looking through this. It's interesting to pick someone over two game weeks. So, you know, everyone played on Tuesday or Wednesday and then Saturday, Sunday. Not many teams won both of their matches. There were only a few. So I went with Man United. Now, the actual score lines in these results are not that impressive. So to kind of backtrack, they beat Palace away midweek 3-1. Damn it. Tough one. And then they came back and beat Southampton 3-2 at home. So in reality, I mean, those are two bottom half clubs. They gave up some goals. But they got six points. Um, looking at the way they did it, I think is the most impressive because they're missing like half their team right now. Basically, yeah. their entire midfield is gone. Since the Liverpool debacle. Right. right. So they already had a couple injuries going to that Liverpool match. We talked about it last week about how basically everyone went down in the first half. So they're a really weak inside right now. They came out, they scored six goals. Uh, impressive performances coming back for Lukaku, who has seen a lot of time on the sideline since uh, Solskjaer took over. He hasn't really had a good season. And he came back. Uh, he's got a couple goals now. Their midfield's kind of figuring out. They got McTominay, uh, McTominay. Yeah, McTominay. McTominay, excuse me. Menemony. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird last name. He's coming in the midfield. They're finally looking good defensively uh, for the first time in a while, which is surprising considering they had Mourinho for half the season, and he's like a park-the-bus type manager. But I was really impressed with them, and I think Pogba is getting back to where he's arguably one of the two or three best central midfielders in the world right now. Is that a hot take? No, I think it's a pretty accurate take. We were talking a little bit on the weekend about who would you build a team around. You, you guys oh, know, yeah, that was a good conversation. Yeah, we, we love to hit uh, the, like, the hypotheticals. Like, um, we do this a lot at the end. Like, hit us with you know your teams to buy or sell and all that stuff. And um, a big hypothetical we talked about, we spent quite a bit of time talking about it because there's a bunch of different versions of the question, was if you could build your team around a Premier League player right now, who would it be? And obviously the, all, all the, the things about, oh, well, how, uh, you know, is it for one season to run at the title? Is it for These are all the questions we asked Joe Clifford when he asked us this question. Shout right. Joe. Yeah. Like, that's it, a kind of a complicated is question. It a, right? are, the, you know, are the financial ramifications, how big is my infrastructure, you know, how goes, you know all, all these different questions. Um, but I think if you're going to have that conversation of who do you want to build a team around – with Paul Pogba's age, his skill, and ability, and the type of season he's had since Solskjaer came in, 
I think it's a very accurate take. I would. So I, I said Pogba is who I build my team around. Maybe De Bruyne, but Pogba was younger. Funny enough, I said Rashford. I think when we were talking about like longer term. So two Manchester United all players. Over yeah, United. But no, I agree. I think Pogba. He probably more so than any other player in the Premier League right now can totally influence a game on all aspects of it. He's been playing way more up the pitch, not as big of a defensive role lately, but. He he's just a big physical presence. He creates plays, good vision. He scores. He's just got like this flair about him when he's playing well that kind of looks unstoppable at times. And that's what he has right now. And you combine that with Lukaku finally scoring, guys like um, Rashford who has been pretty good lately as well, but yeah. kind of knocked up. He has a knock. Knocked up is not the right, <laughs> right terminology there, but. You know what I mean? I, I think that for them to come out and get six points in those two fixtures, those are matches that most people would probably say they should win, but they did. And meanwhile, there's other clubs dropping points, um, like Arsenal and Spurs. And look Spurs at United. Spurs didn't win either of their two games. No, and United's only three points back a third now, and you think they look like a pretty good bet to finish top four. So I'm going with them as my most impressive over the two weeks, although, honest answer, I wasn't all that impressed with anybody. But as a full squad, yeah, it was like it's. It seems like when the games come this quick and this thick and fast, as they like to say, um, you kind of get very different sides of teams really quickly. Like you can see someone like I thought Palace, for example, played kind of eh in midweek, made some defensive errors. Patrick Van Holt makes me pull my hair out, and then they come back and absolutely dominate Burnley, and you know look like the top team on the weekend. So yeah, I mean you see kind of Jekyll and Hyde with well, teams this time of year. Good but, point. And the other thing I want to say, last thing on United here, but. The other thing that's interesting about that, because I'm glad you brought that up, is you're right. When it comes to this time of the year, there's a lot more fixtures going on, a lot more congestion, tired legs, and that's when squad depth matters a lot. And that's why sometimes, maybe, this is kind of speculation, but you look at a team like Spurs, who's struggling right now. They've lost two and drawn one in the last three. They have no depth at all, really. And they had a couple injuries. United are banged up as bad as anybody and they're still impressive so yeah. I think that it's kind of even more telling Andreas Pereira came into the side and had that good goal over the weekend so mm-hmm. um, I, for me most impressed with I actually went with I went with Everton Everton I feel like is a team we don't talk very often not really uh, we haven't been lately um, they, they drew Liverpool nil nil on the weekend then beat Cardiff midweek 3-0 so they've picked up four points uh, Cardiff against Cardiff and Liverpool didn't concede uh, exactly didn't concede and that's kind of been um this newfound recipe for success that Everton's found with Marco Silva, he was in, he was on the hot seat, you know, about a month or two ago, and it seems like probably the, still is just a little yeah, it's still it's a warm seat at this point, but it, it's just impressive. And you think about the kind of defenders that they have, they should be really good, right? Like they have Michael Keane, central defense, who's very very highly touted English center back. Kurt Zuma is also really strong on the outside. They have Seamus Coleman and uh, Luca Luca Dean, Lucas Digne, however you say his name. Do, do um, people say it like that, Dean? Yeah, Luca Dean. Yeah, that's how they say it on, on air sometimes. I've never um, heard that. And then and then Annette Jordan Pickford. And I was thinking about we were talking uh, the weekend about how because De Gea let in kind of a soft goal, maybe not a soft goal, but he should have saved a long range effort from Valerie on Southampton, and. It just I don't know I'm so I'm consistently let down by Premier League goalkeepers not making saves that you expect them to make. You look at some of the top sides like Hugo Lloris has been dreadful I think lately. They had, they had that own goal midweek, terrible miscommunication with Kieran, Kieran Trippier. I think Pickford is probably the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. Oh, him and Lucas whoa, Fabianski. Whoa, 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 whoa. That that is a hot take. I don't I, I don't I really don't um, think it is. It wouldn't have been during the World Cup. Or maybe like this moment, but 
he has had some really bad performances this season too, here and there. I mean, the, do you remember we're talking about? I them remember the Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. I remember the crossbar challenge. Um, and it, there probably is some recency bias here, but I uh, love Jordan Pickford too. So I'm not trying to like hate on him, but I. Mm, Overall message is goalkeepers aren't impressing me, and Jordan Pickford's good, and Everton aren't conceding, so I picked them. Okay, that's fair. Should you mention Gilfie? Oh, yeah, Gilfie Gilfie Sigurdsson scored twice against Cardiff, and that that was the other thing about Everton right now. They're really not scoring with, like, a central forward. They have Sanctosin, who's not really getting goals. Richarlison was playing up top at the beginning of the season, had had a few goals. He hasn't scored in ages. Exactly like his last season, by the way, Richarlison. Right. Hot out the gates and cooled off. Crazily. Right, and so they're, where are they finding goals? They're finding goals from midfield, and Calvert-Lewin's playing quite a bit up top, uh, and he's you know occasionally decent for a goal, but he's not that great. But Gilfie Sigurdsson is a, I mean, for me, he's a world-class uh, attacking midfielder. He's really, really strong. He's always had goals wherever he's been, scored at Tottenham, scored at Swansea, and now he's scoring at Everton. So He's um, now the uh, officially the top Icelandic Premier League scorer ever, which uh, just now got there. If yeah, if that would have been. Which, my, my I, don't, I can't even remember who he passed. I don't remember his name. No one else that's listening would know it. I don't think. <sighs> I'm trying to. Think. But it was like fifty some goals. I was I, I was shocked. There was um I should know this actually. There's there was a player a good uh, Ider Good Janssen played for Chelsea for a long time. I believe could have been him. It I believe he was Icelandic. Icelandic. Um, but anyway, so then uh, hitting over to top performers because we talked about the top teams. Chris has got uh, United. I've got Everton. Chris. Yeah, I guess my picks are kind of lame. Top so player United and. Oh, top player, most impressive individual performer. I brought him up before, but like he can't really get enough praise at this point for me. It's Virgil Van Dyke again. He has been just mind-blowingly good this year, and he yeah, got that's annoying. Well, that's he got signed in January of last year, so he played half a season last year with them, correct? Right. So this is their full, first full season with Virgil Van Dyke, and do you know how many goals they've allowed through twenty-nine matches in the Prem? I want to say what thirteen, fifteen. Yeah, it's crazy. 15 goals allowed, and he scored two midweek. So he, he got a brace as a center back, and they had two clean sheets against uh, Everton and, what was it, Watford they played midweek, where they yeah. dominated. So yeah, they won that one 5-1, and they were kind of garbage time goals for him. 5-0, 5-0. Or 5-0, five, five that's what I meant. Uh, but garbage time goals for Van Dyke, but it doesn't really matter. You score twice as a center back, you get two clean sheets, and he has just completely transformed that team. I mean, you can look at other defenders like Robertson, Alexander-Arnold, Joe Gomez here and there when he's been healthy. They've been good, but he's the one that holds that. Yeah, there are together. very few players in the league that makes everyone, so around them, yeah, makes everyone around them a lot better, and Virgil van Dijk is one of them. It's annoying how good he is. He wins everything in the air, very calm with his feet, constantly communicating. He's made Allison, made Allison look in goal, made, his, made him look brilliant this season. Wins everything in the air. They target him on every set piece. Um, he can go on and on. This is going to... Hurt. Yeah, I don't think you saw this. I didn't bring it up to you, but I saw an interview with Neil Warnock, our favorite part of manager. This. Okay, so he was getting interviewed over the weekend, I think, uh, talking about Van Dyke, and I don't even know how they got in the subject. I only saw the short clip, but I was talking about when he was the manager of Crystal Palace. He wanted to make a move for Van Dyke, who was at Bolton at the time, for I want to say it was I think it was six, six million pounds. Yeah, six million. And his chief scout said that he shouldn't do it because Virgil was too slow. So he didn't make the move. He kind of got overruled by his chief scout. Which and there's there are the rest pe- is history. There's a parallel universe out there where Virgil Van Dyke is Crystal Palace captain and has. Just imagine him with Jimmy Tompkins. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a parallel universe. I wish I, I wish I was in. But I mean, ultimately, yeah, I don't think there were any forwards that were out of control, impressive. Like I, I mentioned, Lukaku earlier. I thought he had a really good week, but uh, ultimately, 
I thought it was a pretty obvious answer. Top performer of the week is Van Dyke. Yeah, um, so I, I thought my answer was pretty obvious as well. Um, and so for top performer this week, uh, I'm going to nominate and say Jeffrey Schlupp. Rhythm is a dancer, Jeff Schlupp is the answer, you can play him anywhere. Ooh, ooh. Striker or defender, left or in the center, he can score from anywhere. Ah. We went there, so you can you can talk. We we <laughs> we, uh, we we actually yeah, uh, that's gonna be live on iTunes in a couple weeks. Um, We're getting out of the podcast game, going into the original song game, which sucks because if you've been I listening for yeah, if you've been listening for a while. Uh, we've kind of always held back from singing on the pod, obviously, due, due to the... I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> I'm, so I'm really, really bad at it. I'm terrible. We're sorry for... There's a for... difference between singing, though, and then singing at a football match. Yeah. And this that is, is the new Jeff Schlupp song. Yeah, how brilliant is that? It's the, so the good. Answer. Jeffrey Schlupp is the answer. It's been stuck in my head for days. I cannot get it out. I'm the 90% <gasps> chance I get a tattoo that says Rhythm is the Dancer, Jeff Schlupp is the answer. Um, Jeffrey Schlupp has been at, uh, on a tear for Crystal Palace. He just won player of the month. Um, he had an assist, uh, an own goal assist. He put a ball, dangerous ball back through the, the goal. It was all him. Against Burnley. Great yeah. Great um, and then had an assist as well midweek against in Manchester United. So no goals from him, even though he has a few on the season. He's top five Palace scorer for, for the year behind like Wilf and Luca. He's bet probably he's right got there. the lowest goals per minute, I would imagine, because he hasn't played all He that does, much. actually. That was in the program when I was there. And Jeffrey Schlupp, uh, the the joke in the song is he can pl- play him anywhere. He's such an interesting career. He he came up as a winger through the Leicester uh, the Leicester Academy, I think. Um, and fact check time. yeah, a little fact check while I'm talking here. Um, came as a winger uh, in the Leicester Academy and was on that title winning team for Leicester. Then Palace bought him at for to play left back because during that season he played quite a bit of left back for Leicester and. And we like frantically bought a bunch of left backs at one point where we, we yeah, when we Papa Suarez got his had his car crash, we went out and bought um, Patrick Van Aanholt and Jeffrey Schlupp and someone else I think as well who we don't have anymore. Um, and Jeff Schlupp has kind of been out of the team since then because Patrick Van Aanholt plays week in week out despite my pro, my vigilant protest. And Jeff Schlupp now plays in a central midfield. Um, with Luka Milivojevic and then whether it be Max Meyer or Jimmy MacArthur. Um, so he's playing central midfield on the outside of like a midfield three. He's got good pace. His first touch is okay. He's, you can tell he's done a lot of work with it, but he makes these darting runs forward for passing, gives us an actual goal-scoring threat from midfield, um, which teams like Chelsea are crying out for. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's just he's, his game's gone next level. He won player of the month, and now he's getting goals and assists. So I love it. Jeff Schlupp. Yeah, so I have two, three follow-ups maybe that are quick. I did their background. He did come up to the Leicester Academy. Bravo. When you Google Jeff Schlupp, the first recommended response that comes up is Jeff Schlupp wife. So I did look at that. How's he doing? He's doing pretty well. Nice job. And also on his Wikipedia page, it turns out that he has a son named Arlo Schlupp. Oh, I th- I, when, he, when it started with an A there, I thought you were going to say answer. And it was going to be answer Schlupp. And I was like, <laughs> no. Jeff Schlupp's son. Wait, no, that wouldn't work. Schlupp's son is... Named answer. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, well, but yeah, a future episode. Uh, he has a son named Arlo. 
Love that. Shout out Arlo White. Shout out Arlo White. Arlo, one of my goals is, I follow you on Twitter, one of my goals is to get you to listen to this pod. So um, I'm going uh, to DM Arlo White, our, our pod. Guys, yeah. Well, anyway, Schlepp's been brilliant. Um, but yeah, let's get into a little title race talk quick here. We haven't really done it a whole lot. So as if you can recall, last week, Chris was... I can't remember, was it last week or two weeks ago that I had a, a meltdown? You were set off last week and knocked over the sound equipment. So Mike. Oh, well, we were talking about. That's because we were talking about club. But yeah, anyway. The mics still work, by the way. We should nail them down. I, I, I hope it works. Um, but Chris knocked everything over. I'm sure you guys heard that. And mm-hmm. it was all about talking about Jeff Klopp. Or Jeff Jürgen Klopp. Klopp. Wow. All my minds are just on Jeff Schlupp. It's um, Monday. Jurgen Klopp and about uh, the, the excuses he's making at press conferences. And so you watched the press conference that he had talking about how he's not playing PlayStation. Right, um, should we start there? Yeah, go uh, All right, we're going to get into Klopp. I, that's like, then I guess we'll maybe talk about the title in a I, second. Yeah. But, so Klopp, we all know Jack's got his issues with him. I personally like Klopp for the most part, but I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed with him too. So he got asked some questions after the Everton 0-0 draw this week. Obviously, you know they're in a title hunt. They can't really be dropping points, and that's a huge uh, Darby and Merseyside Darby. So he got a lot of questions after the match, and some of them related to whether or not they took enough risks, whether they were too conservative. He did not take too kindly to that line of questioning. He actually told the reporter, nine, 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 I'm extremely disappointed with your question. And was talking about how it's, he's not playing PlayStation, and when they need a goal, he can't just sub on all these attackers and totally change his tactics. It, he made sense with it, but he was so dramatic about it. I was like, all right, you're again, like... Get over yourself here. Yeah, what was he like? This game's not like PlayStation. He was like basically putting down the reporters saying, like, you don't understand this. I do. And, I mean, it's kind of a fair question from a reporter. They haven't been scoring a lot lately. You know, do you go for it against Everton? I don't think they were, like, packing it in necessarily, but... It feels like like the way Liverpool play... Here's the difference between to pivot back to the tower race. The difference between Liverpool and Manchester City right now. Manchester City won both their games this past week. 1-0, 1-0. Gritty... 1-0 1-0 wins. First game, they won against West Ham with a penalty from Sergio Aguero. Second game, they won with Riyad Mahrez, scoring with his right foot. And I had to blink three or four times after I saw it because I didn't know he had a right foot. And Liverpool, they won 5-0 against Watford. Very se- uh, sexy victory there. And then 0-0 draw over the weekend. So they scored five goals in two matches. Manchester City only scored two. Yet Manchester City has six points and Liverpool had uh, four through two games. So for me, that's the difference. That's the title-winning difference. That's sl- that small sliver that separates these two sides. Manchester City know how to get in the trenches and eke out a win. And probably Pep does as well, to give him some credit. Uh, whereas Jurgen doesn't seem to do it. Liverpool have this thing now where it seems like they score four or five goals and the floodgates open and it's all easy and fun. They score a bunch of garbage time goals and celebrate. And everyone's like, oh, they play such attractive football. Um, or they don't score. Um, they've had too many games these past, you know, this past month where they haven't scored. Yeah, um, they had a nil-nil draw against United two matches ago. It's interesting though, Jack, because you got to understand that it was pretty windy again, <laughs> and also they weren't playing PlayStation, so yeah, you can't really expect Klopp three said, points. Uh, said he, he actually said in the press conference, he said, um, "I know you don't like when I <laughs> when when I say this, but um, it you know it's a wind. It was coming from all all lines." They're asking about the match, and he's like, "I know you're going to hate this answer, but I'm going to talk about the wind again." It's like, dude, it affects both teams. So like right, it's not like oh wait the wind stopped whenever Everton got the ball. Like, yeah, so what is he talking about? Well, I I just wonder what's going to happen. Like come come the end of the season when he has his performance review with the board, they're like Jurgen, you know we shot out a lot of money, really want to win the title. Do you think he can beat Manchester City? And he just says, eh, depends on the wind. 
It's like you that's the know. issue with the lack of accountability. And I don't know if behind closed doors he's actually holding his players accountable. But um, at they this need point, some more meteorologists in the dressing room. Yeah, I mean, at this, yeah, they should get, get some on the training staff pitch. After they should. I bet you teach them how to do. play with the wind. Teach them how to, you know, maybe mow the grass a little bit differently they get each some, day of the week so they can test the different lengths they can, get some, they can get some turbines on the training pitch gotta get creative you're again you want to win the title yeah um, but anyway so the, in terms of the title race you know looking looking, looking forward here we've talked a little bit about how we actually both now well I, it's looking like it's City's race I, to lose there's no way Liverpool can win the title anymore wow so Chris is going all in they're, they're, they're 180 just, pivot they're choke artists and Klopp's panicking they're not winning they've drawn three of their last five I don't think there's any chance that they win it. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think it is Manchester City's. It I think a huge determining factor is going to be how their Champions League pushes both go. True, um, because the Champions League is going to start ramping up here uh, with their games midweek this week, um, and then uh, Champions League fixtures are going to start coming a little quicker, and that's going to play a role because you know if someone like it, it's going to be difficult for Manchester City to. Keep pressing on, winning, sneaking out these games one nil, and then winning midweek in the Champions League as well. And you know the well, classic discussion is like, can you win on both fronts? And it might be a little bit advantage. Clubs haven't been able to as of late. Yeah, win on both fronts. The one thing that is interesting too, and I don't really know if this will affect it much. So if you look at their fixtures coming up, uh, City are up three two to Schalke on aggregate. You'd think they'll probably get through that. Yeah, Bayern nil nil with uh, Liverpool. So. It's a little bit tougher. Which, where was the leg first match? The first leg was at home for Liverpool, so they have the away goal edge that they can score. Yeah. But the other thing to keep in mind is, I don't know if you've really thought about this, but Liverpool made the Champions League final last year. And I think for them, they would like a million times rather win the title than they would oh, the yeah, Champions sure. League. With City, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think City want a Champions League. So I think they might prioritize it a little bit more. Where Ooh, Liverpool, that, yeah, that's actually a great point. Um, I mean, if you're a Liverpool supporter, I'm not, but I think 10 out of 10 would say they'd rather win the title. Yeah, that's a good point. The Champions yeah, I agree. And City I... have won the title. This is kind of a new challenge for them, and I think that they would love to win both, but, it, you know. Yeah. Um, well, talking about the Champions League, that is something that the FA Footballing Association does not govern, um, but pivoting over to the Premier League, we like to keep it on the Prem, stay on the Prem. Prem, prem, prem. Um, Robert Snodgrass was fined this, he was fined today by the Footballing Association. It's a governing body. Think of like global football is governed by FIFA. Um, yeah, the NHL is like what Gary Bet no, NFL Roger Goodell. Um, you know, so the FA, it's kind of similar in England where people obviously like to talk a lot of smack about the FA and the decisions they make and they're constantly falling under criticism because it's a body that makes a lot of money. Um, and Robert Snodgrass was just fine. It's kind of like the, the NCAA. Mm, how so? Why, why not the NFL? The NCAA is such a huge organization, and the FA covers so more than just the one league. True. Okay, true. The FA does cover so the top four divisions. It's like if the NFL football. covered and the NFL and college football and like international competitions and stuff, or like youth stuff even. It's, yeah. like, it's more in-depth than it is just like one major league. That's fair. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, and so Snodgrass was fined by the FA, 8,000 pounds, I think, and then could potentially face a one match suspension, uh, he has the right to appeal uh, for abusing an anti-doping official. So someone who was in the clubhouse or at the training facility to test the players. 
Um, apparently, Snodgrass wasn't scheduled to be tested. <laughs> and he wasn't tested. And he, he was or wasn't? No, he was not. He wasn't scheduled and he wasn't tested. Yeah, so either Snodgrass was like talking smack to someone, like def- either defending one of his teammates. I don't know. Like, it's very difficult to see exactly what went down, but the fines just come out, meaning Snodgrass must have said something provocative and rude to this member of the FA, and now he's just been fined and might be suspended. I, I think that's interesting because if Snodgrass verbally abuses a member of the FA, Wilfred Zaha sarcastically claps an official, and then Wilfred Zaha gets suspended for a full game, and Snodgrass just faces an eight thousand dollar fine. I don't know. I have I the issue, the FA. You could go look down the, all the list of issues, and then the other talking point was what you were talking about with Pochettino. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I was gonna I'm gonna talk talk about Snodgrass for one second. I was gonna disagree with you a little bit when because I don't think it's fair to bring Wilf into it because. It's two completely different situations. Absolutely, but it's it's like way, there, there doesn't really seem like there's a there, fair I mean, there are, there consistent precedent. judgment system. I mean, there's definitely precedent in certain areas, and there isn't in others. I mean, I don't know how often uh, anti-doping officials get chewed out by <laughs> Scottish national players that aren't even getting tested that day. Probably not. So there's probably not a lot of precedent for that, right? Right. If you guys don't know Robert Snodgrass very well, like this dude is like that one guy that would be like loud in the bar causing a scene and your friend would be like won't that guy shut up and you're like no no no, no don't say anything to him like, that guy's a psycho don't you think like he would just I bet you he's kick some asses in yeah but he's he, Robert Snodgrass is a very he's like, just a hot, gritty like he's very hot Scottish and cold. dude yeah he's a very hot and cold player came under came under some uh, some scrutiny a few years back for diving when he played for Hull in the Premier League then he went to Aston Villa on loan the Villa fans loved him he, he gave everything um, then, he, then he came back into the West Ham team he, he said he wanted to leave West Ham because he hated the owners David Golden David Sullivan and then now he's back in the team playing every week it's weird he's not just he's, very hot he's not just some like chill dude he's, he's pretty intense he's like a poor man's Joey Barton yeah in a way uh, except maybe maybe better uh, I don't, it doesn't matter we're not going to compare him to Joey Barton but anyway so there's two thoughts I have number one there's only two reasons why he would do this He's a hothead psycho who was having a bad day or like hungover or something and was just like, I don't want to deal with this shit. Or Drugs. someone someone that was getting tested, what he was like, I gotta save that guy's ass. Like, we gotta cause a scene Ooh, here. Bigger conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, you're not even getting tested yourself, like just ignore them and go on with your day. Like, what is his I mean, I, I'm not saying like conspiracy. So who's the or... who's the drug who's the user on West Ham Squad? Oh, definitely Arnie. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. If there's some if there's someone doping on West Ham, and they didn't tell Arnautovic, then that's yeah. going to be a problem, because he wants in on that. Yeah, I imagine Pablo Zabaleta just scolding Arnie or shaking his head, like, at Arnie in the locker room when he sees Arnie just, like, ripping a He's line. He's probably got, like, some type of banned substances just for, like, his hair dyes and tattoos and stuff. Yeah, like that's that. actually true. Um, but anyway, so, like, yeah, you're right. Not a lot of precedent, but it's a small fine. You probably won't get banned. Pochettino was freaking out at the FA as well, because we're going back to the Champions League a little bit, but they played Dortmund on Tuesday. And so this is the second leg of this fixture. They have to go to Germany to play them. Dortmund had a full extra day of rest compared to Spurs. And apparently they had a full day of rest as well before the first fixture there. So Pochettino's annoyed with the FA and with the Premier League for not being able to figure out a way that they can you know, keep the same level of prep time for their opponents in the Champions League, which is pretty fair. Like If you're, if you're the English FA or the Premier League, you want the recognition of your teams being able to win these competitions. And so they are kind of putting them at a disadvantage with that scheduling. Yes. And Pochettino's words would probably hold a little bit more weight had he not freaked out on my Dean the other week. Yeah, so. he's he was he's a guy that's normally super calm, and he's starting to get a little... Well, just like Klopp, right? They, they, people lose well, a couple of games. They start grasping Yeah, for Spurs shots. are struggling right now. Spurs might drop out of the top four as well. So <laughs> these guys are starting to panic. But Let's, I don't... 
Let's uh, yeah, let's jump over to let's trivia. Go to trivia, yeah, because the there. people love the people love trivia. Um, to touch on last week, last week, Chris, I do want to make kind of clear the air here. Chris guessed Pierre uh, Gabon as a country with the lowest minutes per goal, which a lot of listeners probably agreed with. And to give Chris some credit, um, it was a pretty good guess. You thought that you had made an error when I guessed I it because it was such a good I, guess. I was, you I, had to go back and check. You're like, you I know what? You might be right. I maintained my confidence, um, and I would like to continue and like kind of re. Restate why why I should why I was so confident and the other two Gabonese players who have played in the Premier League this season one central midfielder for Southampton Mario Lamina and then two Brulo Aquile Manga defender for Cardiff have played a lot of games for both those teams and don't have any goals which is why uh, Gabon's country minutes per goal was so low which is why I didn't ace that question in trivia so Chess so, hit me hit me with a lot trivia Mario this Lamina week. all right so this one I have no idea how it's gonna go. It's not a very complicated question. You know all the answers. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not you can guess them in time. One of, I think my worst, my least favorite part about trivia is the way you frame how you're going to ask the questions because that totally sets the standard for how strong my answers are going to be. Like if you were like, hey, like what, a second you go, hey, this trivia is really easy, then if I don't get them, I'm, I look like a schmuck. Right, and you normally don't get them because you're not very good at trivia, so I'm trying to make it, like I'm teeing this up for you, where the listeners will be like, oh, well, Chris did say that it might be tough. So that way you don't get as embarrassed as you normally do. All right, hit hit me with them. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds and 10 options, 10 10 guesses to get here. I do not expect you to get all 10. If you get all 10, then we'll just end the pot here. We'll just call it a night. Um, I do think that all 10 are extremely guessable. I'm going to give you a couple of clues to help you out with your line of thinking here. So, again, there are 10 players that you need to guess, and they are the 10 most expensive incoming signings ever in the Premier League. So they're all players that arrived in the Premier League, and they have the 10 highest transfer fees. The clues I'm going to give you are all of them have occurred from 2014, 2015, or on. Okay. And... There are currently three players on the list that aren't playing in the Premier League right now in the top ten. Okay, hold on. There's yep. play, players who have come to... They're the biggest are any fees of them, are, ever paid for incoming are, transfer. Are any of them retired? Premier players. None of them are retired. They were all signed within the last five seasons. And three of them currently aren't playing in the Premier League. I'll give you one more hint. The oldest player on the list of the top ten is only 27. So no Ronaldo in there. They're all incoming players. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, duh. Yeah, you're right. So you understand? Yeah, I can, okay. it's clear. Because now you, that question made me seem like you don't understand. <laughs> I understand, okay, yeah. Cool. All right, I'm going to give you the 60 seconds in three, two, one. Okay, Lukaku. Yes. Pogba. Yes. Keppa. Yes, those are the top three. Allison. No. Van Dyke. Yes, fourth. Um, Inwain. No. Hazard. No. Um... Riyad Mahrez. Yes. Kyle Walker. No. You have five and there's 35 seconds left. Leroy Sané. No. Aguero. No. Um, Last five years. Mm, uh, no. 25 seconds. You got Aubameyang, Lacazette. No, no. Aubameyang was 11, though. Um, oh, uh, Gilfie. No. What? Um, 10 seconds. Jesus. Sun? No. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Time. Terrible. 
This is what happens every time. We all, me and I do the same thing. We get off to a really hot start in the first like ten or fifteen seconds and snatch up all the easy ones, and then we. I'm just going down by team, and seconds. every every team who I'm thinking of had. There's got to be a bunch of more Man City players in there. John Stones, right? No, but you're on the right track. So the guys that you missed, there are three Man City players. No, 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 two Man City players. Oh, Ederson. Sorry. No, two Man City players, two Chelsea. Oh, one United. Laporte. Laporte was number nine. Um, You're missing number five, six, eight, and 10. Oh, Benjamin Mendy? No. Jesus. I think these guys are all like 50 million pounds. Mm. That's why I guess Gilfie. He was like 50. The lowest in the top 10 was 58. Oh, Jesus. So some of the guys that you guessed. That are you just dollars like, or pounds? These are in pounds. Some of the guys that you just missed. You guessed Aubameyang. He was 11. You guessed Allison. He was 13. You guessed Mendy. He was 18. Stone's 20. Luck is at 21. Walker, 22. Sané, 23. Guilty, 25. So, so you got you weren't that far off the living, line. They're, they're pretty close margins. All right, so here's where you're missing. You're missing number five, Man City player. Should be, could have been pretty easy. Um, Bought from a German club. Uh, good to good? Nope. Midfielder. Was in the prem. Left the prem. Came back to the prem. Dunno. Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That was really bad. Sorry. Okay, next one was a tricky one. Because he hasn't been in the Prem for a few years. He was in a United signing. He hasn't been in the Prem for a few years? No, he got sold a couple years back. Who, uh, not Nani? He probably played for like two seasons here. Oh, Di Maria. Yeah, that was number six. And then you're missing number eight and number ten. Damn it, Di Number eight and number ten are both Chelsea players. Uh, yeah, uh, Jorginho? No, no, you're not gonna, you're not thinking right. Rudiger? No, one of them, neither of them play in the Prem right now. Oh, former Chelsea players. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I'm gonna give you like an extra 20 seconds because it's a bad radio. Damn. Forward and a winger. Giroud? No. Doesn't play for them anymore. Neither of them do? Neither of them play for them right now. Oh, that means one of them's on loan. Um, who's the other forward who they signed? They just signed someone in January. Yeah. Um, oh, Morata, duh. Well, that's the one guy. Yeah. Morata's one, and then the, the other one is... They just signed him in January. He's not at the club. Oh, Pulisic. Yeah. Okay. So it was Pogba, Lukaku, Kepa, Van Dijk, De Bruyne, wow. Di Maria, Mares, Morata, Laporte, Pulisic. Top 10. Damn. It's a tough question. So Christian Pulisic has gone for more money than... And Obama Yang, Sterling, Allison. Wow. Martial, Torres. Shows you the current market today, like... It's 20. The, uh, That's yeah. crazy, though. Yeah, it was kind of a tough question because there's so many names out there, and the margin's pretty quick when you get from, like, 10 to 20. There's only, like, 8 million pound, pound difference, so it's tough. You did a really good job at the start, and you got, like, the top three right out the gates and Van Dyke really early, so that was a top four, so that's pretty good. Yeah, well, no, no the big I wouldn't ones. say that was a bad performance. You got five out of ten. I would have said seven would have been excellent. Anything less than five wouldn't have been very yeah, good. Yeah, just trying to make me feel good. It's not good. You could have gotten... There's a couple you should have gotten, but... So then moving on to Predictor app, which you just won some money on. Claps for that. Should we talk about it for a second? Let's, yeah, well, okay. how much money do you win? How do you win it? So... How many drinks do you buy? What's what's going on? So Predictor app... Um, oh, thanks for everyone that's been sending them in. It's been really fun. Uh, we had... Shout out Steve McConnell. Texted us his... Your app picks the other day because he's not on Twitter. Yeah, I love that. So also, that get cool. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah Stephen, just get, Stephen, Twitter. get on Twitter. But the fact you've been listening and you went on the way to Texas feels pretty good. Yeah, I respect. So, um, predictor app though, I wasn't doing that great after Saturday. I had United beating Southampton, but I had the score wrong. I had City beating Bournemouth, but I had the score wrong. 
Then I picked Newcastle beat West Ham, and they didn't get that. So I was like, oh, I'm done. I wasn't even really paying attention. I had all three games, no, none of the scores right, which is the hard part. Right. So you get a lot of extra points if you get the score right. So on Sunday, I had Chelsea beating Fulham 2-1, which happened. And then I had 0-0 in the Merseyside, which happened. So after Good that hits. hit, there were a total of 69,050 people in there. Nice. And I got 160th place. Not bad. Uh, about 70000 So, grand prize winnings, $2.16. Put that in a safe place and save it. I don't even know if I could... Can I buy, like, a tall boy a beer to celebrate that or something? Like, I, Depends how much got. are four locos? <laughs> four locos? No I actually don't even know how to cash out the winnings. Um, but it's two sixteen. Maybe I'll just keep my winnings accumulating. Yeah, it's like that, yeah, Venmo, yeah. Um, but, no, it was really cool. So shout out me for being the best of the predictor app already and winning money after we've been doing it for like a week. I've got like 57 cents in there. I was on the phone with my dad and he's like, I saw you won that thing. And I told him it was two bucks. He's like, what? <laughs> but it felt really cool. I was like riding high yesterday. Also, Loki, awesome that your father like loosely follows your life like from the outside and is very closely following. He was asking me if I had an ESPN Plus subscription today so I can watch the championship games. I was like, oh, Jim, that's legit. Yeah. Fair I don't know if he listens to the pod though. So anyway. He's on Twitter though. He is on Twitter, so maybe that's why I saw him. Steven. Steven Kyle's not on Twitter, but ah. my dad is. Anyway, so let's get into our predictor picks here. We'll wrap up in a minute. So I guess I'll start. Uh, first match, we have Southampton home against Spurs. Um, I don't feel great about either of these teams right now, but Spurs coming off of two losses and a draw, I think they'll bounce back, so I'm going Spurs 2-1. Yeah, kind of annoying. I, I made my picks first. For, uh, just so I can't let you influence them, though. Like You can't penetrate my brain at this point i'm a top 160 in the world predictor. so i also I went i also went to one so if me and chris both picked that result it's essentially guaranteed to happen um then the next result i picked uh, it was man city versus watford i picked city to win 3-1 uh, they've been struggling to score but you look at what a uh, good good scoring team liverpool just did to watford midweek 5-0 i reckon city will kind of break this habit of going just 1-0 1-0 1-0 pep will be very wary of uh, aware of their lack of goal scoring lately uh, and i picked them to win 3-1 See, I, I kind of wanted an opposite uh, mentality here. They've been streaking. I think they might slip up a little bit. They got a midweek uh, big match against Schalke, where they'll probably play in most of their best players. Watford have been really up and down lately. Some really good wins. Five 0 loss during the week. I'm going to go one one. I think City drops some points here. Wow, bold. Um, then we go Liverpool Burnley. We both picked Liverpool to win. I said three 0 because. Burnley just got trounced by Palace over the weekend, and I typically think of Burnley as like a good defensive side, and there was a ton of space. Zaha was running all over the place, um, and Mishi got a goal as well. So um, I'm going to go Liverpool to have one of those games where they break it open and 3-0. Um, you have to keep in mind, though, they're not playing PlayStation, Jack. No so PlayStation. It's not easy to score three goals, so I'm going 2-0 Liverpool. So um, one less goal because it's not PlayStation. I mean, hey, PlayStation, you sub on all the attackers. Maybe you score a goal at the end, like Klopp said. I'm going to go relatively I, I'm non, an Xbox guy, so I'm it's hard to say. Relatively non-windy game, 3-0 Liverpool. You see, I, I'm not going to try to pretend to predict the weather here. It could go nil-nil again. No, I'm going 2-0 Liverpool. They'll win. Burnley's trash right You should now. add a six field to the predictor app where it's like five results and then the wind at Merseyside. Or the wind could be like a multiplier. Like if it's Ooh. over 10 miles an hour or 10 kilometers an hour or something on average, then you get like an extra 1.5 point uh, times that. on it or something. A multiplier. We, we should run the predictor app. Um, We've been tweeting at them a lot. We're probably the only people on earth that tweet at them. Yeah. So. I mean, what, there was like 69,000 people who played last week? Probably like 80... Or 80% of that was from us, at least, yeah, our at listeners. Least. Um, and then jumping on to Chelsea versus Wolves. Uh, Wolves always play the teams at the top of the table really, really well, so I'm going 1-0 Wolves. 
Yeah, Chelsea have been uh, playing really well ever since this Kepa drama. They were one of the. I think they were the only other team besides United and Everton win both their fixtures. Oh, and City. And City. Um, but I'm going to expect them to slip a little bit, but I'm going 1-1. I think they'll bat a goal against Wolves, uh, and they're at home. So I'm going 1-1 there. Fair. Um, either both of us like Wolves relatively in that, in that matchup. Um, and then we have Arsenal-Manchester United. I'm going 1-1 draw. Um, Lukaku has been on a tear as of late. I think Unai Emery will lock, lock him up. Um, and then I think, yeah, just 1-1 one, one tie. Duh. Yeah, you just you know just felt right. Um We've been having a lot of these big matchups lately, like top six matchups and derbies that have not had a lot of goals in them. They've been kind of disappointing, like 0-0, 1-1. I think this one is where we kind of break that trend. I'm going Arsenal 3-2 over United, which means that United will probably win because, again, I never pick Arsenal, right? (laughs) Uh, But I watched them play against Spurs this week. They probably should have won. They had some interesting decisions with their lineup, but it all kind of worked out. Like Emery didn't start any of their big guys in the first half. They did a lot of them, but like Obama Yang was on the bench, Torreira, Ozil, and they won the first half. I, I don't know. I think I feel good about Arsenal right now, but I think that they will give up some goals. So three two. Fair play. Um, so that's uh, obviously like last time as always. Please send us the uh, predictions that you. We've have. been getting good action on it. It's making it a lot more fun. Um, and again, if you mimic Chris's picks, you're sure to win some cash because we've been doing this for like two or three weeks now and you've already won money. I think that was like my third entry. <laughs> Free money, people. I, I wonder what, what's, what's uh, I mean, I don't even want to get into the math, but I'm so good. 160 out of like, like what are the odds? Yeah, I mean, well, like what percentile? Well, how many of those picks do you think are just straight trash? Like a little five-year-old on his iPad who's just like hacking numbers. It doesn't matter. It's still a pick. It's like March Madness. I mean, people put in their like messed up brackets, but maybe they hit. Did you see brackets over here? Yeah, that's fair. Um, and so send us your picks. Um, obviously, what we want to do is turn around next week. We're getting these pretty – I mean, we're on a roll now pretty much every Monday, right? We've been going every Monday, yeah. I, I do want to do something. We might not do it this week or not, but in the next couple of weeks at least, I want to try to get some uh, questions, like a little Q&A section for one of the pods. So um, we might send out some questions via Twitter and whatever. But uh, other than that, you know, like keep spreading the word, listening to us, and you know, interacting with us on Twitter or whatever else it might be. We really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. So we're on a roll right now. I'm feeling really good about the pod. feeling really smart about my picks, so I'm going to keep it going. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm not feeling as smart, but just goes to show. Jeff Schlepp is the answer. Everybody's human. Thanks, guys.